I like it. I like it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pastoral Thoughts Podcast. This is Jack Young, and today we have with us on the podcast Eric Sabiston, one of my dear friends, and um, him and I, uh, we uh, got to know each other up at Fort Drum, New York. I pastored up there for nine years, and him and his dear wife, Tess, were members of our church, and uh, I know with my wife, Julie, and I, uh, Eric and Tess are just uh, have a special place in our hearts. We spent uh, a very important part of our lives together, serving the Lord together. So it's good to have Eric on the podcast today, and welcome, Eric. Uh, it's good to be here, Pastor. Thanks for having me. And Eric has lived an interesting life, and um, he's he's a man of God. God's used him, and and he uh, I'm challenged by Eric's life, and and uh, good friends provoke one another to good works. Eric's got an interesting background. Uh, he um, he's done a variety of different things. I know he lived out in the woods for two years, kind of a, and uh, was into music, sort of like uh, some sort of a, a bohemian uh, hippie, and uh, also was a meat cutter, which uh, I was a meat cutter. He was a meat cutter. He went off to college, and then I think he believe he can tell us, but he was a weekend warrior for a while, and then joined the regular army. And was in the military or in the army for fourteen years, and did a variety of different jobs. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I kind of uh, you know when when you don't discipline your kids, that's what happens. They just go off and they do whatever they feel. Right? Uh, <laughs> so I, I joined the I joined the Navy Reserve um, after nine eleven. I'd been in previously, and um, I wanted to be a pilot, but I was told I was too old. So I joined the army. I repeated uh, boot camp by accident. I found mm-hmm. out later, and then uh, after a few years of uh, fixing helicopters and, and flying in the back seat, I ended up getting a slot for uh, for flight school. How many times did you apply for flight school? I was picked up on the sixth try. And there, there is an account that you give how your wife motivated you to not give up and applying for flight school. I know. I, I applied to flight school and dating myself in 1992. I wanted to fly for the Virginia National Guard, fly Hueys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just it was too difficult. Um, and I kept applying while I was in uh, the Army overseas in Iraq. It was, t- it was tough because you only got a day off, you know, every couple of weeks. So sometimes you'd sit there all day and wait for the DHL people to show up, you know, so you mm-hmm. can send your packet back over to America and have it reviewed. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you get the no thanks. Uh, but you know, after you know several rejections, uh, I, w- I went to the uh, you know I went to see my wife on uh, uh, like a vacation break you know, in the middle of the year, and I remember looking up on the mirror and she put in lipstick. My husband will be a pilot, and I thought that was really great, motivated me to do it. So she's always stuck by me, amen, uh, with every crazy job or dream I've ever had, amen. And um, and you've been able to do a lot of things, interesting things. I'm sure that you never imagined that you would be able to do. There was kind of a trajectory there. Um, I think it was a 2011 deployment. Is that? Yeah. My last deployment to Afghanistan, I did three. That was my last one. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so you, you, your uh, flight crew there as a medevac, you had an incredible three days. Is that correct? Where you had, yeah, you were able to, you and your crew were able to save fourteen people's lives, um, and then that that put you on the front cover of Newsweek, Heroes mm-hmm. Edition. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> Eric's been to my office here in uh, Webster, New York, and I showed him. I said, "This is my Eric Sabastan shrine here," because he he, he gave he gave me. A flag from a life-saving rescue mission flown in the Kunar Valley. And so I've got a, a beautiful uh, frame for that that I, I bought at Bradley's there in Watertown. And so that's framed there. And then it's signed. And there's a certificate signed by all the crew. And then I have Newsweek with Eric's mug right in dead center of the Newsweek Heroes Edition. And um, he, he's right front and center. And he's on my wall, so I got a I got a little uh, Sabastan shrine in my office. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah <laughs> every, everybody should have one of those. Right? Well, I, 
and I, yeah, I tell everybody I knew I knew Eric before he was famous. Oh my goodness! And then, <laughs> and then, uh, then you're approached to um, write a book, and is it true that you wrote a best-selling? It was a military bestseller, number one, and you wrote it in ten days. Is that true? I did. It was a process. So I remembered, you know, I was sitting at dinner with my wife and all these big celebrities and actors and politicians and secretary of state and all this stuff. And um, I was approached by a couple of people that I met through that event uh, about doing a book or a film. And then I started seeing people were trying to actually make a movie without our permission. Mm. And I, I uh, followed up on one of these leads and I was offered uh, actually a very uh, handsome uh, offer from a very big uh, agency in Hollywood to do a book and a film and it would have been very lucrative. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to it, um, they wanted to know if there was any kind of romance going on between me and one of my crew members, <laughs> this female medic. And, you know, that was absolutely out of the question. And it was at that point I knew that this was not what God wanted me to do. So after much consultation, I did the research myself. I kind of looked through the records and got everything laid out. And uh, over Christmas break, I think it was in 2012, I wrote the book in just about 10 days. That uh, is amazing. Yeah. I just wanted to get it out. I figured if I, and, if and I here's, got it out. With, and here's the thing about um, the book. It was true. Um, and, and you didn't have to embellish any you know, anything Hollywood would have, what, you know, would have, um, made you look, uh, dirty, you know, uh, but you wrote this book and of course I've joked with you before you sure it's a military book because it doesn't have any cuss words in there. There's no dirty stories. It's a clean book. I could hand my kids and say, here, read this book. I tried really hard to do it the Lord's way. And I had a fantastic publisher who's a famous Hollywood, uh, uh, technical consultant. He coaches uh, big stars and how to look like they're in the military. He's an actor himself. Um, and uh, his advice to me constantly during the editing process was, you know, let's color it up. Let's do this. And I would catch him trying to put things in there. And I'd say, no, no, no. And mm. even what some people might seem are maybe pretty mundane or uh, plain, uh, you know, embellishments or curse words. I, I, I had it all removed. And I think he was convinced it wasn't going to do well as a result. Because um, he plays these hard scrabble characters with style language in the right. film, but when it came out, it's actually been the best seller they've ever had. And I, I Isn't that, that awesome? I mean, the Lord just yeah. blessed that tremendously, and I'm sure it took you a lot of faith um, just to say, "No, we're gonna we're gonna do what's right," and I'm gonna put out a book there. And there's one thing when you put something in print, um, there, there's no denying it. I mean, it's in it's in print, and um, it is a great book and it's just a, a great account i you know i am um, do a just mess around with writing a little bit it is not an easy task did you ever think that you would write a book no no i barely passed high school i think i got out on good behavior uh no absolutely <laughs> not there i i who would who would even think that it, it was uh it was it was almost stream of conscious i just i i wrote it i didn't even think about you know you know what I was going to write in the first person, third person, whatever. And I just wrote it as I remembered it. And I tried not to, you feel like it was just a Lord giving that to you. Like that book yeah, I was I, just streaming it to you. Yeah, I think so. I really do. I, I don't, I don't, I can't explain how it happened, but it's just, I don't, I couldn't write another book. I don't know how people, people who write things and are creative and make up stories. That's, that's a different kind of skill. I don't have right. that, but I just told what I remember. That's it. It was easier. Um, you know, I, Someone told me once, always tell the truth because it's easier to remember. Amen. So that's what I. And, that's and, what I did. And that, um, and that gave you the chance, the opportunity, just writing a truthful book, truthful account. You have to get your stories approved through the Pentagon, right? Very. That was the longest part. That took a year. They had to go through it, and I was very conscious because I was still in the military to make sure that I didn't write anything that would endanger anybody. At the end, uh, the Office of Chief Public Affairs. Um, and the Office of Security Review came back and they said, you know, everybody has to review this, meaning all the different services, the Marines, Navy, Air Force, in case it affects them. And the only entity that redacted anything was SOCOM. 
they found a paragraph where I talk about the layout of the command post. Hey, tell us and what SOCOM is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, as far as Special Operations Command, I talk about where the Green Berets were in relation okay. to us and the Navy SEALs. And they said they could triangulate positions based on that. So they ended up redacting. And I, I the, the note I got from them, is said, you know, we've never had a military book with this few redactions. Thank you for trying to do the right thing. So right. I was, I was uh, happy about that. That's great. I remember before that deployment, you, you knew that it was going to be, um, it was going to be serious over there. So uh, during that time period in our church, it was amazing. I was talking to you earlier this week about it is that we had so much, um, 10th mountain division is the most deployed military division. We had a bunch of infantry in the church. We would have send off services and so the guys were going sometimes a month apart on the same deployment, but we had um, 18 different guys that we had in send-off services. Our church at that time, um, man, it was full. I didn't even know who these people were, but we just had people coming to church because they knew that uh, the guys were replacing the 101st. It, was that, is that correct, mm-hmm. where they were going? Um, uh, you know, the aviation guys were, um, and in fact, in, in the sector that I was in, uh, the ground units happened to also be 101st. Uh, so the 25th Mountain Division, uh, I'm sorry, 25th Infantry Division from Hawaii replaced them. So, so basically, near the end of our deployment, the seasoned veterans, uh, right before the fighting season, they went home and left these brand new guys here. But yeah, there was yeah. a ton of guys from Fort Drum that were deployed. I remember that send-off we did, and it was... The whole place was packed. I mean, we were constantly deployed. I think I was yes. going home like maybe a total of maybe maybe seven months between the two year long deployments. I it, did it was incredible. It, it was incredible. They knew that they were going to be going to some really you know really nasty places. I remember you talking with me and telling me, said, "Hey, if something happens to me, I've got special life insurance, and uh, just make sure that you help test with it." And uh, you know, I remember having that talk with you. And then, uh, and of course, I, I've I've not been in the military before. I've never been in combat. Um, I haven't even really have have never been even close to dying or anything. But I remember having this talk with you. I said, you know, uh, Eric, your time is in God's hands, and when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. There's nothing you can do about it. And um, you know, just having one of these talks with you. Yeah, I remember that. I think being overseas, that you know, I would look at people who are not saved, that don't know the Lord as their Savior, and I thought, how do you? You guys are heroes. How do you go through the day not knowing where you're going to end up when you die? I mean, I remember sometimes we would take a shift. You know, you'd you'd be the first person to go for like two or three days, then you'd be the backup person for two or three days, and then you get a couple days off, uh, or like you get one day off actually. Mm-hmm. But I remember briefing my crew at the beginning of a shift, and I said, hey, you know, we're going to go, we're going to support these units, and this is what going on and hey maybe we'll all get killed today and they all yeah. look at me like and they call me preacher I, like i'm a preacher yeah. I'm like Christian. I can and totally I, I picture said, you saying that too i can oh, yeah, totally yeah. picture like you saying that jovial you know? like with and, a big smile was, on your face saying hey yeah, guys yeah, we might like, all die today yeah yeah i was like maybe i'll take an rpg in the face and they say preacher stop saying that and i said look you know <laughs> here's your choice if i die you know then i'm going to heaven and, and i'm going to be you know good looking and i'll have my hair back and right. i can't lose uh, but I said, you know, if I suddenly disappear, the raptures happen, and you got to learn how to fly a helicopter. If you're on, you know? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, people would make, would make fun of me. I was actually in a different platoon the first half of the year. If you remember the extortion 1-7 shoot-down with all the Navy SEALs that were yes. killed in the Chinook, that was my first unit. Um, and so then I, I think I was just talking about Jesus too much, to be honest with you, and I think the platoon leaders made a trade and sent me to Jalalabad. Well, Jalalabad's the worst place of all. Right. But um, but I was talking about the Lord too much, and I I think I, I made everybody mad. Yeah. Uh, well, they, you know, and they, they they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I mean, exactly. God had a yeah, mission yeah. for you to do there. Yeah, yeah. He he had a plan all along. He's like, Shh, watch this. <laughs> yeah, and um, and oh, you know, when we when when you were back home, you were able to just um. I mean, I you know, at least for us, your church members, you were able just to turn off all that you went through, and you know, you were the door greeter in our church. And I, you know, I've told you this before, and I tell other people this. 
Eric was the best door greeter that we ever had. You're always like right up in the front, <laughs> big smile on your face. Hey, how you doing this morning? You know, just with enthusiasm as people would come in. And then um, you and Tess were able to do the junior church. Now, what's yeah, fun- yeah. what was funny about a military church is I was constantly throwing people in, I mean, just warm bodies into different departments in that church. Um, that was the first time you ever taught in a church, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I was super nervous. Like, These kids are going to see I'm a fraud. I don't even have kids. <laughs> and they're going to run right over me. I mean, it's just, But wow, that, uh, that did not happen. And you guys had a lot of kids saved in there. Uh, what? At the end of the junior church, the the kids are interested in salvation. Tess would take them up all the way up to the like up the bell tower room or somewhere up in that building, and would go through the gospel with them. And I re- I remember after you were gone, there was a young man by the name of Fuente. He was his parents were Palauan and joined from Palau into the army. Pedro, remember Pedro, yeah. and um, and Maria, his wife. But uh, this was after you're gone, probably a year after, and we were talking about baptism, and Fuente comes up and says, um, Pastor, I need to be baptized. I said, well, Fuente, when were you saved? He said, well, Miss Tess led me to the Lord up in the upstairs room after junior church. Okay, and, and this was, I mean, this was down after Glory you went to the, the Fort Rucker. Yeah. And I remember That's another great. thing, too, about junior wow. church is that you, um, you were teaching those kids creation science. Oh yeah, because that was my thing. I, I was a Christian. Okay, so, well, let's just back up. I was an atheist. I didn't believe in anything about mm-hmm. God, and I was pretty, you know, pretty aggressive about it with my friends growing up. Um, we didn't really go to church. I mean, we had like an Episcopal church we'd go to on holidays. But when I got saved, um, you know, it 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 changed my life. So, um, you know. I, I wanted to do right, but I didn't know. All I thought there were were Protestants and Catholics and Jewish people. That's uh-huh. all I thought there were, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so I didn't understand, you know, what an independent fundamental Baptist was. Mm-hmm. I just remembered finding this um, DVD in the trash can in Iraq on my first deployment. You know, I was in the Morale, mm-hmm. Welfare, and Recreation Center at MWR, and walking past the trash can, I see this. Thing kind of caught my eye in the light, and it was uh, a, a disc, a DVD, and it said "The Garden of Eden." Doctor Kent Hovind. I said, "Yeah, hmm. Well, I've always wanted to know how in the world all this, you know, Garden of Eden and Old Testament stuff could possibly be true because it's just a, it's not scientific. There's no way. It's just you know, it's just mm-hmm. made up stories. I'm a New Testament Christian. I thought I was like the other stuff is just made up stuff. Right. Uh, so I watched it. It changed my life. Um, Amen. And, and you know, my wife had been saved on my first deployment. I didn't know enough about the Bible to really know for sure. Wow. Other than her profession. So, you know, when I came home and I moved to Fort Drum, I said to Tess, I, you know, I, we went to flight school and all this stuff is working in my head. It's Kent Hovind stuff and, and uh, the Bible. And when we moved to Fort Drum, she said, what kind of church are we going to go to? Cause we were going to like a Southern Baptist church. Yeah. Um, and I said, I have no idea. All I know is it has to be a King James church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, and so the creation. I got. I mean, once Amen. you realize how the Bible is totally true and it's yeah, scientifically um, accurate, that and, changed your life. Yeah, that uh, the creation science strengthens people's faith because a lot of people with um, even the, even though I grew up in a Christian home and was taught creation science, I remember after I got saved, uh, someone had given me those Kent Hovind DVDs as well, and I watched them and took notes and. Something about um, just that our faith can stand. We have an answer for the faith that is within us is just so powerful for a new Christian. And um, oh, and that huge. just turned you on thinking that, okay, there there's legitimacy here. Yeah, that's the key, I think. I mean, I think it's truly, I, don't, I mean, maybe it's different for everybody else, but for me, I think, like, once you realize that the flood is real, mm-hmm. and once you realize that the the the, the creation story is true, so, so every verse, you, every verse you can take literally to the bank. Oh man, oh man! Now you're like, wow. So it's all, that means the whole Bible's true. That means you know, into Amen. <laughs> right. That changes you. Like, whoa! So now I have now I got to go back and reread the whole Bible. 
to see what I meant. <laughs> right. You know? And then when you read it, you're like, wow, this is better than any Hollywood movie I ever saw. This is full of action and romance and suspense and mm-hmm. triumph and, and, and most importantly, hope. You know, you, you walk around and you just don't fear death anymore. Amen. I mean, I feel so sorry for people. You know, I'm like, how do you, how do you just go through the day in your car? How do you start right. that ignition and drive when you don't know where you're going to end up when you die? That's just boring. That's lame. <laughs> Amen. And you know? that's an avenue that you've pursued in your life, too. I mean, you've studied creation science. You've talked to Ken Hovind. You've reached out to him, and, and uh, yeah. he's helped you. I got to meet Dr. Hovind a couple times, yeah. 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 But, but you know, I think that, that every every Christian really wants to know about these things. I just think mm-hmm. that, you know, most of the time they, they feel like I did in high school, like I don't want to ask a question that's stupid. You know, I don't want to ask, you know, how you pronounce our facts at, <laughs> you know, right. I don't, I don't want to seem, I'll seem like I'm not very churchy. Well, I mean, that's dumb. It's kind of like you've got this instruction manual for your life. You know, you can't fly a helicopter unless you read the manual. Right. But people just go around flying that piece of flesh around, you know, their mortal lives and they never figure out, you know, how to do it. The Bible is cool. <laughs> yes. And uh, you should ask your pastor, hey, pastor, what, well, you know, ask them the hard questions. You know, what about dinosaurs? What does that mean? You know, I mean, is, is, is the, 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 the gap theory true? I mean, those are, those are, I mean, basic questions. You should know the answer to these folks. Yes, absolutely. I know our, our folks took a trip down to the ark and um okay, yeah, been to they, it, yeah. yeah i i did not go they did that before i came two years ago as pastor but they they raved about that and um and yeah i thought man that's a place i have to take my children i mean they just they just need to know that we can stand square on our own two feet and give an answer for the hope that it is within us that um that we we do have the answers we do, and, and yeah, absolutely, Pastor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember now. So back at Fort Drum, uh, First Baptist in Black River was that was the first church that you were members of. That was the first church you really got involved mm-hmm. with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All because of you. I and mean, we're sitting there, you know, hemming and hawing, and we don't, we weren't raised <laughs> as church people. You know, hey, I came hey, back you were, from my you were, you were on duty. Remember this? Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. on 24-hour duty, so that means he has to babysit over at the barracks, make sure that uh, all the hooligans yeah, are... Yeah, not anything on fire. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I went up there to visit him, and so I was talking to him about church membership, and, you know, he had some good questions. Like, why? I don't see what the point of that is. You know, I'm saved, and I'm baptized, and this, and so we're going back and forth. And remember, test came up. That was when I discovered that I didn't. I didn't know up to that point that McDonald's sold cookies. Of course they do. The delicious chocolate chip cookies are fantastic. You know. And so, Tess, are you? Are you a I know. Break. I know. Yeah. I just. Uh, I stick to fried chicken. That's what. Uh, no, you don't. That's you're my bad. Value. You're CrossFit now. You know, trying to get you fat. Now you're like, look at me, I'm CrossFit. I'm well, so strong. Well, you know, by, you know, you, by you, the you way, guys, uh, you guys inspired right me. Now, before we go further on this story, I'm going to tell you something right now. The mm-hmm. Bible tells me that it is unbiblical to run. Did you know that? No, no. That's why I left the army. It's, it's against the Bible. It's it ungodly. Illuminate. The wicked fleeth when no man pursueth. That's okay? right. The righteous are bold so as a lion. That's right. Amen. Yeah, I got some okay, others I'm for sorry, you. I so, uh, yeah, bodily exercise profiteth little. There's another one. Little. Very uh, little. The liberal, the liberal soul. Liberal in the Bible is a good thing. Uh, the liberal soul shall be made fat. So, you know, if you're right with God and you've got a big soul, I mean, you're going to be fat. So that's a no, blessing I, from I, God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and that's another one. Yeah, so we're up there, yeah, and, and er, Eric, is eating, yeah. Eric is eating his double cheeseburgers and fries and McDonald's cookies, all while um, praying that I remember uh, one prayer meeting that you raised your hand and said, uh, pray for me. I have to pass this PT test. If I don't pass the PT test, I'm going to get kicked out of the Army. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. I used to be such a, <laughs> such a, I, yeah, I was so in the fence. Oh, yeah, all the time. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So you, you and Tess got on board, and then it was a, that was a, would you say that was a, a, a turning point in, in your lives? Because I know that 
once you were at a different duty station? I mean, you've been involved in churches all along. Well, sort of. We, you know, we had been involved in another uh, good Bible-believing church prior to that, but uh, we, you know, we're, you guys were closer to us, and so I said, well, this is just probably biblical. Um, but anyway, you know, we, we had never been involved. We just, we punched the clock. And I just thought to myself, I said, well, you know, I don't have long on earth. I'm going to die. He's probably right, so let me just try this. And my, my whole thing with God was like, I'm going to have faith until he proves me wrong. And and I'm just, okay, I'm going to step out on a limb until he proves me wrong. And every time I was like, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to go do this ministry. I don't want to do it. I have zero interest in it. I don't even have kids. Why do I got to babysit these kids? What are these parents doing? Mm-hmm. I went out and I did it, and guess what? It was a blessing. I got more that. of it than anything. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the kids. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, it wasn't always easy, but it was it was right. great. And then now, you know, you go to a church, and you're like, okay, I want to be involved in at least seven ministries. What can I do here, you know? It's it's exciting. I mean, and you you've done you've people. done pretty much. You've had your hand in everything. I mean, you've um, done Bible well, studies like at church. Sure. You've you've uh, led singing, all yeah, sorts of things yeah, that you, you didn't imagine. That jail, you prison, nursing home, homeless shelters, evangelism. I I, I try to do a little bit of everything, but I I mean I'm not going to do accounting because I can't add. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the, cause, yeah, I don't want us all to get in trouble, and and obviously I'm not, I don't feel like I'm called to preach, but mm-hmm. I will, you know, to be a pastor, but I will preach a message, Amen. but I mean, you know, every time I say no and I go do it, it's always so much fun. I don't know why I'm such a sissy about it, and that was just it. from making yourself available. You well, know? you know, I just, I figured I really deserve to go to hell. Right. You know, people, I had a friend who was like, you're a man pleaser. You're just doing this because what I'm, you know, no, I'm not a man pleaser. I've just been such a bad person and I'm not a Catholic, but I, I really want to make dad happy. I want to make my father in heaven happy. Amen. You know, I don't have a lot of time left to, to, to try to do something out of no hope for any return. I mean, I've already got all the returns. So everything I do for the Lord at this point, I just, I, I, he's given me everything. I mean, what, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I, I wasted, you know, 20 some odd years of my life doing nothing for God. Yeah. And, and it's really the devil that tells you that you're not worthy to do that. Who are you trying to kid doing that ministry or whatever? And, uh, man, we're supposed to focus on Jesus and not on ourselves. Yeah, we're an addict. We're doing it right. We're not doing it anyway. God's That's right. Doing he's it. Doing, showing up. He's doing it through <laughs> us. Hey, yeah. do, you, do you have some advice for people who are currently in the military, as far as just advice for living the Christian life, living the faith. Oh, stay in your Bible. I mean, have a regular relationship with God. You know, God speaks to you through the Bible, and you speak to Him through prayer. So have a prayer life. Um, you know, get in, a, get in a prayer closet. And, you know, it, it, when, when you're out there, I mean, I understand, you know, proselytizing is illegal in the military. I, mm-hmm. I've gotten that brief as well but when people bring it up game on i mean at that point don't 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 shrink from it um you know my my pastor uh that at this church i'm at right now great man of god he was in the air force this is the guy that would go up to you if you had a jesus shirt on and like threaten you you know (laughs) and then when when he when he got saved it was the complete opposite so um you're you're look you're in the military you're obviously to some degree you want to be a leader Everybody's different. To some degree, you want to you want to do the right thing. That's a God given gift. Use that and be bold for Christ. You're, 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 you'll, you'll charge a machine gun nest, but you won't talk about Jesus. Don't don't, don't be a sissy. Right. Be, be a, a sol- be a soldier for Christ. Seriously, you know what you know what's going to happen in twenty years from now. That person that you were afraid to give the gospel to, they're not going to remember you, and you're not going. You may not even remember them, but that person, like you just told that story. Uh, about is a Fuente, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't remember that story, but you know how much joy that just gave me. Mm-hmm. Pass spoke up, and she led him to the Lord. You'll always remember the people you led to Christ, and I'll right. remember you. I mean, it's it's a battlefield. Those, it, those people are are good people, and they just, you know, they they want to do right. But I don't know. I mean, I understand what they're saying. I, I get scared too. Yeah, you get scared. People are going to laugh at you, but who cares? We're all going to die anyway. That's right. So what it, are you going to do? Send them to hell, number two. Just, uh, right. And um, and then also, I would challenge those that are in the military. I mean, I was a military pastor for nine years. And I, I remember before I left Fort Drum, probably the year I left, Eric and I will, will 
you know, every six months or something, we'll howdy for an hour. And uh, I was talking to you, and you said, you sound like a military chaplain. I said, well, you know, all the, being around all the military has just rubbed off on me. Uh, but one of the things I would challenge, um, if you're in the military, even if you're, if you, even if you're at a base for training for three months, find a local church and just attend every service that you can. And God's people are the greatest people on earth, and you will have friends all over the world because you just went to church and you you made friends through Christ, friends of the truth. You know, and I, you know, I, I know that we have mutual friends, you and I do, who we serve the Lord with at the same time up there at Fort Drum. You know, we were a team for Jesus up there at Fort Drum at that particular time. Absolutely. And here's something else. When I finally got into a leadership position, I was, you know, a chief pilot. It was a very lonely place to be. It was the first time I think I ever maybe experienced some of the same feelings that you probably experienced as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to reverence your pastor. You need to you need to support him and everything. But what people don't understand is, I think being a leader and it must be like being a pastor it can be lonely. Sure. Don't let your don't. I mean, I don't care if your church is five people or five hundred. Be a friend of the pastor. Amen. Because the pastor needs friends too. Pray for your pastor. Amen. Um, you can make make an effort. I mean, don't look at your pastor like you know he's you know, some deity or something like that. He's not going to bite you. He's not going to, mm-hmm. he's not going to touch you and say, Oh, the, you know, the, the virtue is coming from me. <laughs> he, 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 he likes to go shooting. He likes to go fishing. You know, mm-hmm. some of the best times that you and I ever have, we're just going out and doing guy stuff, Amen. you know, and you need that. I think Amen. it can be lonely when everybody's afraid of the boss. Um, but the boss, I, I, I thought you were going to use that as, as a time to tell about your big salmon that you caught. Let me tell you what, that salmon is fantastic, and you can't take that away from me. And I may have snagged it, but no, uh, you know, game warden has any in, proof of that. In your, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're, you got the picture to prove it. I mean, that thing was about uh, half your size. I mean, that was. That's uh, right. Anytime on social media when someone's mean to me, I pulled out to prove how manly I am. Look at this fish, <laughs> you know. I doubt my manhood. Look at this thing. Big yeah, as I was. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You didn't give me fish. You actually taught me to fish, and then you clean them. They were delicious. Yes, yeah, that, yeah, and uh, and so yeah, be be involved in your church, and I think the best way just to support your your pastor or or to be a blessing to an encouragement to every uh, duty station if you're a soldier is just attend church. It's just such a blessing, like in a midweek service, to see a guy or a gal. Cause a lot of time, come in their military uniform, just come to a Bible study. I mean, that, that yeah. does a lot for my heart. And then, you know, it motivated me just to have my A game on because there's people that worked all day long. They, you know, they early in the morning, they went to PT, worked their tail off. A lot of, well, depends on what your job is, right? Uh, some yeah. of them worked their tail off and then they would come to church on, you know, Wednesday night for Bible study. And man, that, that was the biggest compliment, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the biggest compliment I could get as a pastor is they're just showing you up. don't realize how important it is you think the pastor is so super uh you know spiritual that if you show up or don't show up you think oh well it's no big deal but he's still a human being I mean, he needs encouragement too amen yeah absolutely and, and you get so much out of it i mean you got a good point you know i still have the friends i have from the church those mm. are the people i still keep in touch with yeah i have family i don't keep in touch with me, but my church friends do. and and, and there and there is a lady she'll probably listen to this you know you're on there because uh you're like one of I, i'm one of her children so to speak and you're one of her children but mrs kubik and she oh, she was yeah. she was at uh she was at fort drum she was 45 years old i was 30 when i took the church um and she was the oldest person in the church there's only two members there you know it was a restart and so we had all these young soldiers her husband's in the army, but she's forty-five. So we all called her Mrs. because she was yeah. older than us. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, yeah. and she would say, I, I, "This is the first church I've ever been at where everyone wasn't older than me. Everyone's younger, and I'm the oldest person in the church." And but she adopted just being forty-five. She was the age of a lot of young military wives and young ladies that were in the military, the same age as their mom. And so she was able, it's literally, it's true. I never thought she was, you said 45 three times. How long did you get married? No, when she had her 50th, when she had her 50th birthday party there, Eric, you were not there. We decorated the base, just to rub it in, we decorated the basement in crepe, black crepe. 
we had a cake that um, had a tombstone on it. I'm not making this up. Tombstone, R.I.P. Wendy Kubek, and um, yeah. So we, it was their 50th birthday. So we we uh, celebrated that in black. You're terrible. You're a terrible person, but that's okay. <laughs> You're going to heaven anyway. God bless you. And I uh, love Miss Kubek. Let me tell you something. Tess and her are still super tight, and yeah. uh, I know that they've already planned some some trips to get together. And I know she's she's chopping at the bit to come see us. And I know Tess is going to head over there because. With the Kubiks. Yeah. I mean, I was I, and, gone. And, and now, I mean, we have adopted my wife, you know. Yeah. She just and we, said, hey, Eric's gone. Come hang out with us. She's that's so, awesome. I love her. She's one of and, the greatest people. I can't so wait we, to say So out. we have friends all over the United States. Um, when we go down to the Outer Banks, um, we'd see the Grandinettis. They'd come down. Uh, one year it was the Grandinettis, I think the Teacles, and then the Kubiks. So we had all these people come in that were in that area within, you know, three, four hours drive. They were driving over to see us. And um, so because of church, you know, we have friends all over. And the deepest relationships, obviously, they're going to be those spiritual relationships that you have through Christ. You serve the Lord together. The closest bond is in the yoke. You know, you're in the yoke with Jesus and with the other saints. So your hearts are knit together. That lasts for your whole life. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's, that's special. Um, We get... Well, I'm thinking, now, Lord used you to, to reach out to different spheres. So military, you're out of the military. And then, um, unfortunately, because of the, the pandemic, uh, you had to switch career fields. But you, you were flying commercial aircraft um, for a company, got laid off. Now you're down at Fort Rucker, right? And you're, you're, training, you're training for the military I'm, as a contractor. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm training. I'm training military pilots now. Um, I was a I was an airline pilot. I flew for a regional, and then I uh, trained with a major. Um, you know, and and it was a. I mean, it's. I mean, if you're flying jets, it's fantastic. It's a fun job. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of time away from home. In fact, I got to come see you on an overnight one. Time. That's right. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah, we it was we great. had a military Sunday, and the Lord worked it out for you to be there because the, the speaker was a military missionary. And yeah, uh, Tom crazy, Lancaster, yeah. great preacher, and uh, has done a lot for the military. And you just happened to be there in town. It was awesome. Now you, and yeah, then, the Lord's always dropping little hints. You know, He's always dropping hints for Christians. If you if you pay attention, He's always dropping. Oh yeah, and you were able to start a nonprofit that help that, that uh, helps guys transition um, from um, mechanics. That would work. That would work on aircraft, and then also, I think, just from any anywhere in the military, they help them become a pilot. Yeah. Is that correct? Well, you know, actually, we started we we started out that way. Uh, it it was mostly helicopter pilots, the airlines, but then we changed it to uh, the veteran to aviation charity. You called it RTAG, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it, it became the largest. It is. It's the largest uh, veteran to aviation nonprofit in the world. Yeah, um, we put on big, huge hiring conferences all over the country <laughs> every year. We're still doing it. That's and awesome. we, we give away a lot of scholarships. Um, I think right now we have, you know, uh, we're, we're hoping to have at least six figures of scholarships for this uh, wow. coming year. Uh, we work with all the airlines, all the manufacturers, Airbus, Boeing, um, you know, helicopter companies, corporate contract. And, and, and to keep things in focus, we also work with the military. We help the military recruit as well. Mm-hmm. So they all come for free. Um, we have about 12,000 members and you yeah. know, the, the charity was, was picking up, but I had some folks working with me, but they had other things going on. Um, but then my buddy, Joshua, who is a faith Christian, loves the Lord, serves in his church, does music and everything else came on board with me and he helped me and the minute he did that we did something different we started praying before every time we Hmm. met or talked or did something as soon as we started praying every single time everything exploded i mean we were (laughs) it was incredible i mean and 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 we didn't take any salary for what we were doing Mm -hmm. all the money went back into charity and all of a sudden these pay-to-play charities that were like us that, you know, are kind of based on, you know, different, you know, subgroups. Right. We were blowing them out of the water. 
because we weren't taking any money. We weren't trying to get anything. We we're just trying to help people. Amen. So we yeah, you look at to, you look at a lot of charities, and you know only thirty percent of it goes to the cause. Everything else is overhead. That's crazy. And yeah, um, we do have overhead. We got to rent, you know, mm-hmm. halls, and uh, we have to, you know, pay attorney. Becoming a uh, you know an actual nonprofit costs some money. Right, but you know we we don't, we don't take a salary, and it's it's blown up now. Of course, yeah, right now it's tough, so we're focusing more on helping people. But that's but, a, that's I mean, another like thing that uh, the Lord has just um, opened up for you. I mean, I'm sure you never thought that you would be president of some uh, big nonprofit. Start no, no, guide. I, I was sitting in, uh, you know, sitting in. You know, I think that also helps me is when you when you become a Christian, you realize that we're all going to die, go to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you stop worrying about the pretentious attitude of this world and. And what I mean, you're respectful, but like recently, I got asked to go meet a, a governor, you know. And so I went to his office, and you know, most people, would, I'm not saying I'm anything great or anything, but I just looked at the man like a person because I have right. a heart. I try to look in the way Christ looks at him. I have, you know, empathy, and I think, you know, I, you know, God loves this man, and you're just not so afraid. I think in the Amen. business world, it helps you because you're more like you are around your friends. And I think that's what Amen. all successful people want. When you, you, when you meet some, you have met, like I went to Hollywood one time and I pitched mm-hmm. this TV show. Um, and everybody's acting like these people are so big. Right. Tell us, tell and, us some uh, of the celebrities over there. Oh, um, you know, I mean, I just, I, I, I went with the, you know, I'm, I, you know, I met this big producer and she's done a bunch of stuff. And, uh, I went out there to pitch a TV show mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you met the, president network in the studio and, and president of cbs and mm-hmm. you know over here's a, a lady and she she started that tv show friends and i'm just sitting here they're all talking about tv so something i don't even have cable i could care less what you're talking about <laughs> you know but i think it's that that i'm not saying you're you're stuck up or you're just kind of like i'm not impressed right and you know, and you you've met what, you've met um I mean, anywhere from four-star generals, you've met Hollywood celebrities, and sure. um, you've, you've worked, now you've helped produce four different documentaries? Are you yeah, advisory? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, I worked as a technical advisor on some documentaries, uh, all of them did real well, um, and uh, I worked as a producer on the last one, mostly military stuff, um, and uh, you know, it's difficult to be a Christian in Hollywood, it really is. Um, you know, I've, I've met some people who, you know, they have a, a, a different take on Christianity than I do, but still, they're still mm-hmm. brothers in Christ, like Marshall Teague and, yeah. um, you know, other people like that. And you realize that it's a, it's a, it's a lonely place. When sure. I go to Hollywood, I feel very uncomfortable. I prefer to be in Afghanistan. Sure. You can almost feel... Depression, huh? Yeah, you really do, Pastor. And. But if, you know, anytime I make somebody successful, if you just treat them like a normal person, they appreciate no that. Yeah, and yeah. I think it just comes from being a Christian. Like you know, if I if you know if I met you know Al Lacey, I'd be nervous. Sure. You know, I'd be like, wow, this man's a giant. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> this guy's fantastic. You know, that's a rock star to me. Yeah, um, right. But because in heaven, that's how it's going to work, but, folks. I but mean, but you're but you're not uh, because you know the Lord. You're not going to wilt in front of some big executive Hollywood producer uh, type figure or a celebrity. No, they, you look they, at they them as an eternal soul and you would treat them with respect, but not um, at some on pedestal, right? Yeah. Like I, uh, I remember I was going to a, uh, an event where I was going to meet Bono from U2. Mm-hmm. And uh, my whole goal with that was to give him the gospel, you yeah. know, uh, and I didn't end up getting to meet him. Tess briefly got to meet him, mm-hmm. uh, and and the guy was like, "Well, I'm sorry you didn't get to meet Bono." I was like, ah, "I don't really care." <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. And he, and he and he was like, "Oh, you don't care." And so and then like Bono sent me this nice little uh, homemade Christmas card. But uh, wow. I still hope at some point I get to talk to him. And then I read something about the man, and I'm sure he's kind of fundamental about this. But I read something that the man wrote about Jesus. Like yeah. Jesus doesn't give you that option to either be for him, you know, to be, I like Jesus, but I also like, you know, Allah. He's like, you're either all Jesus or not. And I said, well, maybe, you know, maybe right. Yeah. So you looked at it as an opportunity to um, be a representative for Christ when you're exposed to, uh, whether it's a four-star general or whether it's um, some executive or a celebrity or whatever else, they just look at them as uh, souls who need the Lord Jesus. 
yeah, if you don't have a smile on your face, you, you know, then then why does anybody want to be a Christian? I mean, people, I hate to say it, whether it's right or wrong, it's probably wrong, but they look at Christians like, well, show me why I should be a Christian. Well, let's show them. You know, people, I used to think that Christians were so lame. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, man, their music's lame, their, uh-huh. their dress is lame, uh-huh. their, they show up, you know, to this church all the time, and now I realize, I'm like, everything else is so boring. When I came yeah. home from my first deployment, Tess had thrown out all of the ungodly, worldly music. You know, I was a musician mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. I even had a, a little rec- record deal option at one point. And, uh, you know, I came home and that stuff's all gone. I'm like, I recorded that, you know, <laughs> my album. I can't get that back. I you buy it. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, what has she done? You know, she's gone off the deep end. And then she said, well, we're going to go soul winning. I'm like, what's soul winning? Yeah. And, you know, she's like, oh, that's where you go knock on people. It's like, you bother people on the weekend at their home and knock on the door. That's um, funny. But, you and, know, and you know what? I remember at Fort Drum, you would be on leave and you'd call me up and say, hey, uh, Pastor, I, I've got... Um, I've got the day off. Would you want to go soul winning? And this would be just in the afternoon on a weekday. And you and I have been out soul winning, not just on scheduled soul winning days, which you and your wife were always there for, um, but uh, even throughout the week. We say, hey, let's go knock some doors and tell some people about Jesus and hand out some tracks. And, and wouldn't you say this is that you have a lot, a lot more fun. Now, again, you... You know, you, you lived as a some sort of bohemian, you know, out in the woods. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you lived a college campus life. And you, weren't you an mm-hmm. acting major or something? Yeah, I was a theater Drama? major. I, uh, when I, yeah, when I was younger, I was into theater. I almost got into a big movie with uh, Jodie Foster <laughs> year when I was a kid. Yeah. I yeah. almost made it in at the last second, but uh, uh, I, didn't get the, it, I didn't get the part. But, but, not, just, but now uh, that you're saved. Weirdo. And yeah, and so now that you're saved, wouldn't you say a Christian has a lot more fun? Don't you have a lot more oh, fun on, now? Dude. Than, well, there's, uh, no, there's no stress. I mean, there's stress, but it's, it's the big things are done with. I know where I'm going to go when I die. Sweet. Um, uh, Jesus loves me. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then you go around, you tell people, hey, guess what? I know you're, you're in a situation and your life is a mess and you're having trouble, but guess what? Jesus loves you. Yeah. You know, I'm not going around saying you sinner, you sinner, you sinner. I'm like, right. I tell people, I'm like, you ever murder anybody? Well, Moses did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're not that bad, folks. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> look at Paul. He's a super right. Christian, and I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, and yeah, he's holding people's jackets while they stone, you know, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he can save Paul, he can save you. He That's really right. can. <laughs> yeah, and and what now that you're a Christian, would you say you smile more? It's your that you, there is less stress. The only stress that you bring about is when you know you're sinning against the Lord and you have to ask forgiveness. And but I smile more. I'm happier. I've got way better friends like yourself. Um, and your life is is and you're you're gonna die and go to heaven. Doesn't get it's any better than perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. And 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 I I don't really know, you know what what stops people from it. I know what stopped me from it, and I think a lot of it is I just didn't believe the book. If someone mm-hmm. had sat down with me and said, well, let me explain. Well, what do you have a problem with? Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, just sit down with me and explain this stuff to me. Because I was a technical-minded person. I'm a, I'm a commercial airline pilot. I yeah. deal with facts. Yeah. But if you had told me the facts, then I would have been okay understanding the truth of mm-hmm. God's love for me. Which mm-hmm. is, it's hard to see because, you know, you can't see him through the veil right now. But um, but once I understood that the Bible is real, oof. That'd get you right there, man. Yeah. I mean, that's it's over at that point. And then you're happy. You're like, sweet. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know why people get stressed about things as much as they do. Maybe it's because I've been in combat, but I don't think it is. I think it's just because I know that yes. you know, God controls everything. Amen. You know, nothing ever occurred to God. So, sweet. I, I have nothing <laughs> to lose here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, um, just, just in closing, Memorial Day is coming up. And I know I know I've heard you say this before, and this isn't new with you. But um, you know, if someone calls you a hero, you're going to say the real heroes are buried in Arlington. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts on Memorial Day? Uh, I I think it's it's important for I think it's important for people to think about their families uh, because they're the ones who are left behind. The gold star. Take a whole, yeah, I mean, gold star families. And the families are, of folks are, I mean, if you're in the military and you're at a base and you have units that are forward deployed, I don't care what, I don't care if it's in the Navy and it's a billet and it's one person or if it's the Army and it's an entire brigade, 
and you're not going out as a church and seeking out those people in front of us, you are missing the greatest opportunity of your life. And for Memorial Day, for those folks who've given everything, I mean, wouldn't it just be great for you to get on Facebook, look up somebody who has passed mm-hmm. away or on one of these websites, mm-hmm. and go and do something for them? And, and Amen. That's a go good cha- great and, challenge. Yeah, run roughshod over them and say, you know, this and that, you're going to go to hell. Go over there and just show them God's love. Amen. You know, just go over there and, and do something for them. And then I, I think it's important for us to, to realize that there's great heroes of the faith. There's great heroes in the military. Right. But in my book, you know who the real heroes are? They're that person you see at your church who's at every service. They've been going to church since they were a kid. Mm-hmm. They got saved, you know, in junior church. They may be 34 years old. Maybe they're 18, but they've been doing it the whole time. Amen. That's a hero. Amen. Me Those too. are heroes. I'm just a fraud. I mean, when I get to heaven, they're going to hear, well done, not good and faithful servant. Yeah, little um, known, but well known. I mean, um, you better know it. And Dr. I say the same thing as pastor. I mean, I, I'm going to be last in line. I'm, You know, there's going to be people that just in obscurity were faithful to the Lord. That's the only thing that's required in stewards is a man be found faithful. Fidelity. Great. Amen. Um, well, in, in closing, where, where can people find you if they want to read a good, clean military book without any curse words in it? Um, oh, man. where can they get your book at? They can get it most anywhere. Um, you know, it's Walmart, Barnes and Noble stuff, but you can, Amazon is, I think the best price you can get on there. We have the audio book. And, and, yeah. Amazon, uh, you can get paperback, the, you can get Kindle, you can get audio. Right yeah, there on yeah, Amazon, you can get it on there. and I, I'll yeah. I'll link that up in the show notes for people if they they can click on oh, that. Oh, thanks. And, I, yeah, I appreciate that. And, yeah, that um, would be great. Leave a review if you can. I, I always appreciate that. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so leave a, yeah leave there. a review for that book when you get done reading it. You're gonna love it. It's it's a blessing that you can read it, read a book. You can hand off to children. You can give it to somebody in your church, and and um, it's not the typical. Written in the military, the typical military fashion. It's it's a I blessing. That. Yeah. Is there any other? But is there know, any other platform? Like connect with me. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, they can uh, connect with me there if I can be of a, of a help or anybody needs anything. Just follow me on there and cannot contact me, and I'll I'll, I'll contact you right back. So. Hey, amen. Well, hey, thank you so much, brother Eric, for being on. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you so years much. And years of friendship. And, uh, oh, and and thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast. Please uh, subscribe and like the podcast, and we will see you next time. God bless. All right. God bless you, Pastor. God bless you all, folks.